lots and lots of spoilers. We are all just wraiths in this carapace, apparitions in armor, hallucinations in husk, dust in the wind. How can we know ourselves, know what's real, know what this week's movie is on Max Mike Movies? Why, all you have to do is ask. We're in the beginnings of a new series, Whitewashing, where we explore Hollywood's attempts to sweep people of colors other than white under the carpet. Ghost in the Shell is the subject of this week's show, and it's a different kind of whitewashing. Yes, the main characters, Japanese in origin and as portrayed in the original anime movies and TV series, are here portrayed by white people, but this time, the white people aren't obviously trying to pass themselves off as another race. This is a different kind of whitewashing, more of a cultural whitewashing. And who are we to point fingers at Hollywood and say, Booga booga booga! That over there, sucking his thumb and messing his pants, doing the hula hula dance, is Marvelous Max Levine. Say something. I else. have to go change. <laughs> Don't change. We we like you just the way you are. You and Lauren Twos. Uh, and I, who stick my head in gravy only to wash it out with bubblegum and send it to the Navy, am immature Mike Luce. I suggested a little drinking game last week. Mm. Watch the movie and drink whenever you he hear them use the terms ghost, shell, and take a double when they use them both in the same phrase. Yeah, I tried that. I missed half the movie because I passed out 20 minutes in. I'm still reeling. Um, yeah. And I'll go over the results of that uh, in uh, a little later, because it turned out to be a little bit more dangerous than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it was, and, yeah. By the way, uh, Mike, did you read a new survey is out? Uh, white people voted best people of all. How about well, that? you know, maybe we should stop our series right now, since it's <laughs> yep. now official. Yeah. Um, we'll be getting to the movie in just a mo. But first, we got some poll question to go over. Yes. Yes, we do. Last From week. last week. Mm -hmm. Now you want me to take it or you do no, it? No, I do. I'm, I'm hosting. I'm seizing power. <laughs> ha! I'm, I'm, I'm totally hacking your cerebrum and taking over. I'm forcing you to say what I want now and, and doing cyber things. <laughs> Get your finger out of your nose and sit back. <laughs> okay. Cyber things. That's what he says every time he blows his nose. All right. I cyber things. I cyber. <laughs> Does it hurt much? Right. Yes. Last week, we asked if there was a location you liked seeing used for movies or if there was one you wish they would use more. We got the following answers. From Val, longtime listener, first-time commenter, we heard, to, <laughs> quote, To me, this is actually a double-edged sword. I love Northern England and Scotland as movie settings. I loved seeing my hometown of Boston, or more specifically Waltham. Mermaids, anyone? On the other hand, being a Los Angeles resident whose neighborhood is used frequently for shoots, I wouldn't wish this mess and noise and parking it, uh, irritations on anyone. Uh, her, uh, her assistant, Stephen, said he likes Chicago. End quote. Thanks, Val, but those, um, those Waltham scenes... Yeah, they were a stand-in for Texas in that movie. So, besides, you didn't have to drive over all the damn cables on your way to work. <clears throat> Next, from the Great Wide North, we hear from Vince, eh? Oh, oh how's beauty. it going, Vince? Beauty. Uh, he says, quote, As for places I'd like to see in film, uh, like most people, anywhere, I've, I, anywhere I have lived is fun. Prague is a favorite. And uh, in Montreal, they film constantly in my neighborhood, and it is sort of a drag, end quote. That's pretty cool. Excuse me, I believe it's actually pronounced Pragui. Uh, go do cyber things. Okay. 
Cyber. <laughs> Next, a newcomer, Susan Cassidy. Hi, Susan. Yay, Hi, Susan. Hey, Susan. Uh, she says, uh, oh, you can go ahead and open up that new Bumpy Bucks account because you're new here. <laughs> she says she'd like to see movies made in Star Island, New Hampshire, or the Isles of Shoals. Um, I it's supposed know, to be I just gorgeous. Do you know the other? Are those both in New Hampshire? Yeah, I don't. I've never been to them, but I've heard about them, and they are just supposed to be gorgeous, and they're very wild looking. And actually, they would be a really good setting for a whole lot of movies. You hear that, New Hampshire? Bumpy bucks coming your way. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Last but not least, we have Ned, who offers up Ned quote for locations. It's easy. New Zealand. Lord of the Rings spoiled me, as did the piano. It just seems to have everything, and to have it better than most other places. Honestly, though, if it has good mountains, I'm happy, end quote. Um, yeah, that would have been kind of hard for Dances with Wolves, but oh, sure, mountains if mountains for everybody. <laughs> no, no, that makes sense. New Zealand's a gorgeous place. It's also not very large, so it's pretty easy to get around from yeah. one type of location to another. How about you, Max? Any places you'd like to see more of in, in movies? I'm afraid I'm more of a simpleton. I just like to see places that I've lived or spent time in. Yeah, because you know, then I can stand up in the theater and shriek as I usually do. I know that place. <laughs> That's I'm why nobody t- wants to see movies with me anymore. <clears throat> I'm here to witness that that is sadly factually accurate. Yep. yep. Um, now, really, yeah. I just I just really like familiar places. Uh, I don't know in terms of the way things look. I go with Ned there. I, I do. New Zealand is gorgeous, mm. but uh, honestly, I, I really like recognizing places. Yeah. And I, I would love to see Boston in movies. Sadly, <laughs> yeah. mostly when they say it's Boston, it's not Boston. And it. the be- people who live here or have lived there just point and laugh because it's yeah. like, look, a street with more than two lanes. <laughs> oh, look, a parking space. Nope, that's not Boston. <laughs> yeah. Look at all the skyscrapers. There's more than two. <laughs> well, you know, that's. But uh-huh. yeah, so. Uh, There's the Minuteman statue out on the highway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And let's have this car chase during the uh, hatch con- hatch shell concert because that, that could happen. Bird. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you all for your answers. Uh, this week, uh, we're giving out triple bumpy bucks. So, um, yeah. And uh, don't look look in your mailbox for that new Bumpy Hut catalog because as soon as we print it, we'll mail it. Yep, absolutely. Um, what's, uh, so what's the poll question for this week? This week. What was a movie you saw that was supposed to have a big twist, but you totally saw it coming? Or what was a movie with a big twist that totally worked on you? Let us know your answers in the usual ways, as will be repeated at the end of the show. But for now, trivia. Trivia. The show. And there's scant little of that. So, budget, $110 million, which is kind of slim for this kind of movie, I thought. Mm. Uh, however, a take of $170 million does not a Oops. success make. Oops. That's yeah. why I, get, I haven't heard anything about Ghost in the Shell 2. Funny that. Uh, three of the original anime voice actors, those for the major Batu and Togusa, dubbed those characters in the Japanese release of this film. So, hmm. The director of the original anime not only had no problem with the casting of Scarlett Johansson, but said, quote, I believe having Scarlett play Matoko was the best possible casting for this movie, end quote. We'll be talking more about that. We'll be. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Hey, for those asking, that was not a wig. It was actual Johansson Mm. hair, actual dyed (laughs) Johansson hair. Look for yours at the theater of your choice. Big surprise. They cut down the lesbian love scene. 
Yeah. I'm sure you were surprised by that because, whew. Oh, yeah, that was a shock. Yeah. While no location is actually stated for the movie, it feels like it's supposed to be Japan, except it was shot in New Zealand. Hey, Ned, you win. And yeah. a lot of Hong Kong was digitized for the slum areas, so um, that. <laughs> in Japan, audiences actually gave this movie better ratings than the original 1995 anime. Seriously? Seriously. We'll be wow. getting to that. All of the cars in this film were carved entirely out of cheese. It's a fact, and there Wait, what? <laughs> wasn't a lot of interesting trivia this week. <laughs> yeah. Cheese. It's, it's, it's coming around the corner. Um, Repeat do you... disclaimer. No cars in the movie Ghost in the Shell were made out of cheese. Uh, sorry, Tennessee. Uh, did <laughs> you uh, have any... Do you know any trivia about this film? Nope. I mean, literally, there were things like, you know, the major's suit, that, that suit she wears, it was made from silicone. Uh, oh, okay. okay. That's... I, I know that apparently one of the other people who was considered for the part of the major was Margot Robbie. Yes. Famed Asian actress. Yes, famed. Blonde, blue-eyed, famed yeah. Asian. <sighs> yeah. I mean, and it, it at least, oh, and here, here's the weird part, at least uh, Scarlett dyed her hair black. Which I can't tell, like, is that a good, is that an attempt? What is that an attempt at? I don't know. I think the Major's hair is actually purple, but there you go. Yeah, well, so. she like uh, the she has some uh, blue or purple highlights in her hair. And that was actually meant to reflect that from the eye. Again, that's as exciting as the trivia got the hair color, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, the yeah. hair color. You know, Paul. Yeah. Okay. So the plot. Yeah. Okay. I'll give this a shot. Strap in. <laughs> or on. Uh, <laughs> the Major is a brain in a case, which is where we get the title of the movie. Caught in a terrorist attack, her body was not salvageable, but her brain, kept safe, was placed in a robotic body. While disorienting at best, she is the first successful brain transplant after, you know, they saved Hitler's brain, but that's... That's, <laughs> that's another movie, yeah. Good thing she's a cop as she's now super powered and stuff and can totally go after the bad guys. Her first task is to investigate a tip. Someone in a very high class hotel in futuristic somewhere is at risk of, be risk of being cyber hacked. Not the way Max does it. <clears throat> in, in, this cyber. <laughs> in this future, many people are, act are cybernetically enhanced. While this gives them advantages, it also makes them vulnerable to being such as the mysterious Kuze. Ooh. Geisha robots at a high-level meeting suddenly take out security and hack into the brain of a high-end official of Hanka Robotics, the very same people that put the Major back together. Unable to stop the attack in time, the Major finds out enough to know that someone or something new is on the scene. When she tries to hack into one of the robot geishas, she meets this Kuze and finds herself powerless before him. Just able to get out in time, she pursues him. Kuze seems to be systematically killing off all the high-end scientists at Hanka. But why? Perhaps he, too, is a specter in the casing. <laughs> As the Major seeks this new enemy out, visions continue to haunt her. Places and people that make no sense to her flash in and out. As she gets closer to Kuze, she realizes that she's been lied to in many ways. She was not a cop that went down in a terrorist attack, but a rowdy teen that was taken in a police raid and used in experiments to make the first human-brained robot. As she gets closer to the truth, more and more things explode. <coughs> Kuze becomes more and more clear, making more and more sense. 
kind uh. of. Until finally, a confrontation with the true villain and a spider tank bring the story to an exciting, thrill-packed conclusion. The Major knows who she is now, and she and Kuze must continue. And if only we knew how they were going to do that. The end. The lowdown. Right. So. So many questions. Many, yeah, many questions. I, I do want to point out a couple things. Um, as Mike said, this is a this is a live action remake of an animated movie from 1995. Yes. This predates the Matrix yes. by several years, and you can really see the influence of the original on the Matrix. And I believe the Wachowski siblings have said it was yes. one of the influences of the movie. And <laughs> boy, the ori- you can see it in the original. Not so much with this, I don't think. Yeah. Um, if only this had come out before The Matrix, you could say that the Wachowskis just said, oh, here, l- let us take that from you and show you how to do that, because that's not good. Um, but before we even get to the whole cultural yeah. inappropriateness of this film, uh, I, and we usually save this for the end, but that's not what we're talking about in the series. This is not a good movie. <laughs> No. Um, and I actually, I've seen this a few times. Like I saw it when it came out in the theater and I, I have a copy of it because I, apparently I hate myself. I do. <laughs> I do. Um, I have it on the background and stuff, but I haven't actually sat and watched it since the theater. And I'd forgotten how bad this film, some of my notes include things like ham fisted, all surface and cool and no substance. So Yeah, th- now we have seen many movies that are worse. This isn't yes. necessarily oh, yeah. an awful movie. It's just kind of dull. Yes. Which is strange because you know, it does look pretty good or parts of it do- Okay, Scarlett Johansson looks really good. And <laughs> and hey, if you liked Blade Runner, you're going to love this cuz oh, pretty boy. much that's all there is, you know. Yeah. This is Blade Runner without the interesting subtext. Right. And this and is it it actually has so it's I'm sorry, it's supposed to have yeah. some of the same subtext, right? It is. It's supposed to be addressing what does it mean to be human? Right. What does it mean when you blur the line between human and machine? And they they kind of tell you that's what the movie is going to be. But they don't show you that at all in any way. <laughs> no. Even uh, a little. In the opening scrawl, it talks about man versus machine, and then they utterly miss the point of the original story, which was not about man versus machine. It was literally that what Max just said. Where do we draw the line when technology gets to a point where you can literally take somebody's brain and nothing else and put it in a robotic body? Is that person not human? Because when they make her, and they, there's a lot of experiments that have gone bad uh, i think there was like they said there was like 98 98 98 and that wasn't including including who's or maybe it was including Kuzi, yeah but. it was so um they finally get it right but their first thing is cool we saved her she's a weapon like they don't even like the people who did it don't consider her human so apparently she can feel and has senses of course she's got better ones than we do although the only one they really even kind of allude to is her sight and even then it's only because one of her cop buddies uh has to have his eyes replaced and he tells us what he can see and he just says i can see probably like you and her entire answer is "Uh uh-huh like that's it we don't know anything about what it's like to be her so before we even get to the cultural parts 
It's like every time this movie gets close to examining its own premise, even if it's not the one that was originally in the, the, the comic or the anime, it turns away and does some big dumb action sequence instead. The sequence you referred to that was cut short, there's one where she basically picks up what I think is a hooker yep. and takes her someplace. I don't know if that's her home cubicle or what. We're never told. Mm. And is just, just wants her to touch her face. Mm-hmm. And she wants her to describe what it feels like. And I'm wondering, does this mean you don't have tactile senses? You, you, or does it just mean you don't know how to interpret them? And then the scene just goes away. Right, because that bothered somebody. Because they did film it. There was actually quite a bit more, and they apparently got a little bit more hot and heavy, which would have been fine. The sexualizing um, of it wasn't the, wasn't the problem. I thought that was a really interesting... It's like, oh, wow. Now we actually get to see, like, how does she experience her body? How does she experience other people? Does she does she need companionship? Does she like? Does she derive comfort from? Nope, apparently not. We don't. We're not going to know. No. The only thing we kind of know is in the opening when they first waking her up, she starts gulping air, which of course makes me wonder why does the robot need to breathe? I don't understand. Now, I mean, it's one thing to say, well, we're going to show this so that when Scarlett Johansson is breathing throughout the film, you don't go, hey, she's a robot. Why is she breathing? (laughs) But that's honestly the only reason I can think that they have her gulping air. (laughs) So whatever. But yeah, my feeling is that when she said, what does it feel like? Is it she can't tell if this feels the same way as it did to her before or not? Because her memories are gone. And supposedly that part was damaged in the attack. You can't see me doing air quotes, but I'm doing air quotes and then she finds out oh no there's actually a secret super secret fudgy chocolate fortress <laughs> background that they're not telling her about um which becomes like the point of the film which really doesn't matter because really all that matters is where is that line is there a line hmm. and if there is one why are we drawing it and based on what what about like in blade runner they were even different because they were manufactured humans, but they weren't robotic. They were made out of tissue that just had been cultured and mm-hmm. genetically grown or whatever. And it's like, well, how are they not people? Because somebody else made them. Well, technically, everybody makes other people. It's just they yeah. do it biologically instead of scientifically. But that was the whole point of the film. And they actually dealt with it, especially at the very end. There is a great... If you haven't seen the film, there is a great, mostly improv speech from Rutger Hauer. And he's telling you, it's like, this is the stuff I've seen. This is the stuff I've experienced, just like you. And just like you, when I die, it all goes away. There's no difference. And he's left with a very confused, very confused Deckard trying to figure out what's going on. Because at that point, I'm not sure if Deckard knows what's going on with him either. (laughs) But this film just is like, uh, bring it a robot. It's cool. Okay. They keep setting up. And now, the original anime... I don't know how much it dealt with it either, with that same subject. It but did a it's, lot. It's way more... That It's not like they all talk about it, but it's so ingrained in the story in yeah. that movie. It's part of the atmosphere. It's part of everything. It's really... It's much more of a thing. And well, this, it's all surface. This whole The whole movie is all surface. Yeah, and there was actually some of the parts that, when I started doing some research that um, told me some, I, I, I found things I was not expecting at all. Um, Cause I, of course, when, when they first announced that they were going to do a ghost in the shell live action movie, 
fandom in this side of the the world was all like, yes, we love this, do it. And then they said, starring Scarlett Johansson. And everyone was like, you got to be kidding. Why are there not Asian people in this? And to be fair, there's a couple of, I mean, B. Takeshi's in there. Uh, I forget the guy who plays the... Mr. Aramaki is Japanese. Yeah. Who, for some reason, is the only character in the movie who speaks Japanese, but can clearly understand English. Yeah. Why um, is he speaking Japanese? And what I found was that a lot of the upset people were people on the Western side of the world. Yeah. Um, oh. The reaction to the, from the Japanese people was not what I was expecting. But one of the things that people were talking about, and this is, again, um, I actually, uh, there's somebody I found, uh, her name is Monique Jones, and she has a, a blog somewhere, but I found some interesting stuff from her. Um, but she, I got a quote from her that helps understand that Johansson might actually not be the problem. It might be that the movie was not, was not made by Japanese people. Who stars yeah. in it is less important than the ideas and deep culture that was intrinsic to the original story. And I have a quote from her. Quote, Japan's heritage of one of, is one that's thousands of years old, and quite a lot of Japanese culture, in terms of monuments, places of worship, and buildings that had been in place for centuries, were wiped out in the blink of an eye at the end of World War II. Ooh. How does a country wrap its mind around losing a huge chunk of its identity by creating a largely artificial one in its place? End quote. Mm. So that is one of the main reasons that the original anime and manga were made. None of that is expressed in this film, and so it misses that part. Also, as it turns out, after World War II, Japan not able to... They were demilitarized, so like all of this, you know industry and stuff that was aimed towards the military. It's like, you can't do that because we told them they couldn't. So Japan started making toys, among other things. And it was obvious that the figures that looked Japanese weren't selling. So they started slowly erasing their own features from toys. And as it turns out, from their culture. One of the most popular remade things from uh, Japan during that time was the Kewpie doll, which was something that was popular in the 20s. It was a a carnival giveaway. Yeah, And and it's this little round-headed baby figure with big eyes and that as it turned out was something that was very popular in japan because of what they were doing it was copied and of course sold and of course if it's making money then we're going to do it because you know our economy is in the toilet is this why so many characters in like japanese animation don't look japanese yep Disney films were hugely popular, and they influenced the manga of the time, especially for Tezuka Asamu, who uh, came up with uh, Astro Boy and uh, Kimba oh. that we would know. Oh, yeah. But tons of other. He's basically considered the king of manga. Yeah. But the big round eyes started happening in the 40s, and they started moving away from visual interpretations of their own people until it became the thing. And eventually what would happen is that Japanese culture would just start borrowing all over the place and just literally not care. Like it did not matter to them. And if you play things like Castlevania on PlayStation, the main character of that, uh, well, the main villain is Dracula, right? And there's a lot of German and British characters in that. Now, German and British, some of them have blue hair, some of them have pink hair, some (laughs) of them have green hair. But it's like... And look at Super Mario Brothers. They're supposed to be Italian. This is not strange to the Japanese. They're, for them, it's just like, yeah, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, he's Italian. What, but So it's really what I found, at least when I did my research, was that it was, the things that were really more important in this case were that all of the cultural reasons that this thing was made in the first place, the things that it was reflecting just aren't there. They aren't touched. They aren't dealt with. They're utterly absent from this version of the story. 
This brings up a really interesting point. Is this a case where we white people are getting upset over cultural appropriation where the culture itself that is being appropriated isn't upset? Well, funny you should mention. Um, One of the things I found was a video where somebody went to the streets of Japan after they had announced who was going to be playing the major. And they asked people on the street, what do you think? Um, And the general reaction was, let's see if I have some quotes here. Um, One random woman who didn't even know what whitewashing was, they had to explain it to her, said, quote, I think this is better than hiring a Japanese actress. Yeah, it will look more anime-ish if the actors aren't Japanese, end quote. Another, huh. another young man said, quote, she was chosen for her skills, so that's just the way it is, end quote. Another comment, quote, if she was Japanese, she wouldn't look like an anime, end quote. Ooh. A very telling comment regarding how anime characters often have characteristics like blonde hair and blue eyes was said by a young man who states, quote, anime are just fiction, so I don't understand why people criticize it, end quote. Wait a minute, are we being racist by being upset by this? I don't know. My God. It was really, really weird. That's... Now, uh, there was an, uh, another person I came across. He's a, he, I believe he's a Chinese-American. Don't quote me on that. His last name is, and I'm going to get this wrong, is T-S-U-E-I, so Tsui. Uh, his name is John Choi. He works for Image. Uh, he's born in San Francisco. Uh, again, his heritage, I don't know. In particular, I know it's Asian. Um, but yeah. uh, he said, quote, The Ghost in the Shell manga came out in 1989, the first film in 1995, an era when Japan was considered the world leader in technology. He then tweeted, Everything hot in that era came out of Japan. Cars, video games, Walkmans, all of that. Japan yeah. was setting a standard. This is a country that went from poised to conquer the Pacific force, uh, uh, poised to conquer the Pacific to forcibly mm. disarmed. They poured their resources into their economy. And as a country that was unable to defend themselves, but was a world leader in tech, it created a relationship to tech that is unique. Ghost in the shell plays off all of these themes. It is inherently a Japanese story, not a universal one. End quote. Hmm. So he was, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This wasn't what you were expecting, was it? No, this is a whole other angle to this. I didn't even consider. And I, I got to think about what that means, what that says about me. Well, I'd actually, if you don't mind, what hmm? were you thinking when you were approaching the show before you had to watch the movie? Because I know you didn't like it either. Uh, no, <laughs> what, it's, what were your thoughts on this? And even after having watched the movie, what, were you, what are your I, notes I thought about it was, this? Well, I, I thought, again, it was a question of... Uh, Appropriate. I, I was thinking, like, wow. The my first note is, wow. The credits are the most Asian thing in this movie, because <laughs> they're done in calligraphy, and yeah. you know, it's, uh, uh, and the fact that, like, oh wow, look, there's there's like four Japanese people in this movie. There's right. one who speaks Japanese. I will say they gave him the hair that looks like the character <laughs> in the anime. I like yeah. that. <laughs> he honestly always to me he looked like. Uh, I do not know why I have this hair. Can you tell me? <laughs> Hmm, okay, maybe later. He did, he did kind of act like he, the, the hair was kind of a passenger. Yeah. But, <laughs> except he was also, I wanted to see more of him because he was really cool. He <laughs> I was expecting him to just sort of say off to the side, is it still there? <laughs> <laughs> but, but he was one of the most underplayed characters. He was very, you know, yeah. a lot of the rest is very over the top. But 
I don't know. And part of it also, I, I was always conflicted. I think Scarlett Johansson is awesome. I think she is an amazing actor. I, I think she's terrific. Yes, I also happen to think she's just stunning to look at, and we get to see her in a lot of very tight outfits. But that's, honestly, that's just gravy. I just, list, just listening to her talk, hell, I think one of the best things she ever did was a movie we talked about before, which was Her, where mm. she, just, it's her voice the whole time. You never see her. That movie came into my mind a lot watching this because that film actually dealt with the subject matter. It dealt, it very much dealt with this subject matter, and it did it much better. And in this movie, she's really trying, but it's very clear that they just kept telling her, Scarlet, take it down. <laughs> How much? Take it down to a negative five. Have you ever Wait, worked no. with George Lucas? Would yeah, you like yes. to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, Scarlet, I want you to think wooden. <laughs> and the pro and the thing is, she's not good at wooden. She's too expressive. She's too good. So the character of Major still has is still has some empathy, you still can sympathize with her. You don't know what the hell's going on. No. And some of the stuff is very shoehorned in. I don't think the whole thing with her meeting her mother is in the anime. Is it? Uh, to be fair, it's been a while since I've seen it and I don't remember. Um, but, but they this had, was, yeah. This was not a remake. This was basically their, they took things from other stories, but this was yeah. not like meant to be the original film made into a live action. It was like no. they, they whole clothed it. Yeah, apparently like, even the villain, or technical villain, Kuzue, uh, is an amalgam of like four of the villains uh, from, this, from various series. There have been a bunch of movies and TV series. Yep. and I think, I think there is a Kuze in one of okay. the in one of the uh, the movies, but uh, but it's not the exact same thing. Um, they actually, they actually deal with a lot of like I, I don't watch a lot of anime. Honestly, a lot of it seems to me to be very repetitive, um, and some of the tropes or the the just drive me insane. Like I yeah. just I, I can't stand them. But some this of that one, is culturally centered. We have you know American sure. animation has its own tropes that annoy sure. people. Yeah, no, yeah. I get it. Yeah. But this, there's actually some really interesting stuff. Uh, my partner, actually, this is like his favorite anime. And there's lots of it. There's like three different series and three different movies or more than that. And there are times when you find they deal with the whole what is human, what's not human thing that involves regular people like that weren't trying to be part of cyber, cyber, anything. Cyber. <laughs> and they get stuck into it and their reactions usually are not what you'd expect, you know, and it, they, they, they try to examine this as best they can. But of course, you know, they're doing it from a cultural standpoint of, you know, being Japanese, which makes sense because they are. And here, um, I think there's a culture like, you know, like yogurt has a culture, I think. Like yeah, there's that. a lot of a lot of the trappings are there. I mean, part of me I'm going, oh, of course they've got geishas because this is you know it's just, it's, but that's in the anime. There are yeah. robo geishas, sure. which I have to admit visually look really cool. Yeah, and you know that would have been something that they could have explored. So they they. <laughs> They sniff at this idea in Blade Runner 2049, which if you've got that film confused with this one, I totally understand why. Yeah. Um, I got it confused and was so glad to see it. It's like, oh, I thought this was like two and a half hours long. It's only an hour 47. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but like what happens when you start like there and this is happening now. What happens when you start making humanoid, for want of a better term, love dolls? And you start, they, what happens when you start being able to program them to react? Where is that line 
of sentience? Where is that point where you've made something basically to serve as a sexual slave that does have the ability to think? So those geishas, I think it's pretty obvious that they were meant very much not to be of that level, not only because of which, for some reason, they were clockwork, which punk for reasons I don't understand. But like that could be... that could be a movie in and of itself. Like, there are just... movies that deal with that. The move, there's a movie. Uh, it's really well done. It's disturbing. It. I don't know how much play it got called Ex Machina. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah Alicia yeah. Vikander, and that's terrific. And it deals it with that, with the idea of machine sentience and the idea of basically building sentient f- sex toys. What I liked about that film is that usually um, when you see robots, high-end robots of various and I'm not talking about Star Wars, although Star Wars, we still have to have a talk about the freaking yeah. droids. Yeah. When we see robots in things, it usually is that, oh, now they go crazy and they're evil and they'd want to kill everybody. Ex Machina takes things in, the, in not a dissimilar path, but a more interesting one. Um, because I don't want to give that part away, but I, I would say that it's, I mean, it's definitely worth seeing. If you want to watch movies that have to do with the idea of sentient machines or ai or stuff and they explore it go see her and go see ex machina don't bother with this um because it's such an interesting subject or or watch the original anime of this yeah and they just don't deal with it but again so max uh uh the whole idea that you were coming that there was the casting that was one of the problems yeah so had you heard anything or or scoped anything that 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 led you to say, yeah, this is still a problem or that's what the reason that this film did badly or whatever. Um, I did know that there was a big outcry against it. And a lot of people were complaining about it. Although I, now that I think of it, all the ones I saw were Americans. Yeah. All the people who were screaming about it. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that was the main, the main thing I came at. I, I also remember thinking, and I admit, I think this about a lot of movies in the situation. Why are you bothering? Mm. What is the need to make live action out of animated movies? I'm looking at you, Disney. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't get it. Maybe, and again, if, if you out there listening can explain it to me, please do. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just personally, I don't understand it. I don't see the need for it. When the an- I mean, if the animation, say, was bad... And uh, you think, you know, this would have been a really good story if it had been done with live action. Okay, you can make that case. But this was, but the Ghost in the Shell was a story that was done very well with the animation. Well, I, uh, I actually recently read a, uh, a big long article online about this. It's a very stepped, nuanced, detailed um, theory about why they do this. And uh, it took me a while, but I finally was able to boil it down to one word. Mm-hmm. Money. <laughs> There's a shock. Well, yeah, that's kind of the obvious one. I assume that's why Disney does it, because that's why Disney does everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's, it's fear, too, right? Because, and of course, I made that whole article up. There was no article. Um, but I lie all the time, so why should you be any different? Um, <laughs> everything I say is a lie, Norman. I'm Norm- lying to you right now. But- but if you're lying, then you can't be telling the truth. But if everything, yeah. Um, the other is fear. Um, and Max and I have talked about this, especially when we went back to um, ancient history, the, the 90s. Uh, we found that things were so much more experimental then. 
Uh, you could actually like make a movie like, and of course, to be fair, this is 80s, but you could make a film like Terminator. Somebody would give you money and say, yeah, take a chance on that. And look what happened. And all Hollywood seems to have learned from this is make that again, make that again, make the thing with the money. And so, you know, Disney's like, well, why come up with new ideas when we look at all these films we can remake? We already have the scripts and everything. It's great. <laughs> mm. um, I have personally have not seen a single one of the the remake um, or even the ones that are like live action daddy issue films for <laughs> villains, right? Because Cruella, mm. I don't care. I don't care. Um, hey, I hear Cruella is actually pretty good. I haven't seen it. But I just uh, I've whole, seen a number of the live action remakes, and yeah. most of the time, I think in I think without exception, all they do is make me think. I got to go home and watch the animated one again. <laughs> I saw like one clip from Lion King. I was watching a Lindsay Ellis. I'm going to drop her name. I was watching a Lindsay Ellis video. She just posted about how maybe uh, Little Mermaid wasn't as bad as she originally thought. Oh, it I was. saw that. Yeah. And she shows in there, and one of the clips she has is from the quote-unquote live-action Lion King, which isn't because the whole thing's oh. animated, so I don't even get that. Yeah. And it was, I think it was a point where, um, uh, what's his name's mother is calling out, because I think uh, Mufasa's oh, about to be dying. Uh, Kimba's mother? I I'm <laughs> sorry, Simba's mother? And see, for me, it's I don't see the connection, but whatever. Mm. And it's just the lioness screaming. You know, like, look out, Simba, or whatever. And I was like, wow, they have sucked all the magic out of even that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nothing yeah. there. It's like, I don't need to see real animals singing or or a lion, a real lighting eating bugs. Like, I just don't need that. I don't get it. Um, as for this, I think if it had been an auteur, let's say, let's say if it was the Wachowskis, who are big fans of Japanese comics and anime and stuff... If they had said something like, you know, the reason we want to do this is we want to bring this to a bigger audience. Most people in the United States don't know what Ghost in the Shell is. It mm -hmm. explores some really cool themes, and I think they're worth talking about and worth making. We have the ability to make a big budget film that would be seen by more people. Sure, that might have been probably a misguided, but at that, least reasonable attempt. That's a point. And there's also the point about reach, reaching a wider audience is there are a lot of people who just won't see animated movies. They just aren't interested right. in them. They don't right. like them. That's okay. That's a that's a, a reasonable position, but it's true. A live-action movie would reach a wider audience. Yep. But the idea, of course, I suppose that does come back to money. Of course, they yep. want to reach a wider audience. That's more more butts in the seats, more more tickets sold. Yeah. And, you know, and we sit here and we talk about the fact that the culture was just utterly misunderstood. Like, really, the two pieces of Japanese culture we get, besides I'm sure there were some signs in Japanese, whatever. Nobody cares because they're just in the background. That's just the Blade Runner part. Um, they go to a Yakuza club. Mm. And they have geishas. So that's all we get. <laughs> oh, we see a pagoda once. Okay, sure. <laughs> like, I don't even see anybody having some yakisoba or anything. Or, you know, something like... Japan has a very rich culture, not least of which in food. I love Japanese food. We don't even see that. And we've got, I don't know, it's just like they don't even try. They literally don't even try. Be fair, that's actually the theme of this film. They just don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is very by the numbers. I mean, right down, right at the beginning, when you see uh, Cutter, who's the evil, cor I have it written, the evil corporate boss dude. So corporate, so evil. It's like... <laughs> It's basically, hello, uh, hello, I'm a cliche, I'm two dimensions, if I turn sideways, I vanish. Oh, I and am, by the way, <laughs> yeah. if he, I mean, I 
if all he needed was a white cat and a mustache to twirl. <laughs> Come on, Flopsy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, my God. So, so many of the characters in there are just either have no personality or they're complete cliches. Now, the sad thing is there are, there is there are some things in this movie that are you know they they that aren't terrible. Uh, I like the scene with the uh, uh, with the major's alleged sort of mother, Mrs. Kusanagi. That's actually kind of touching. Yeah. Where it turns out because she goes to visit the mother of the person whose brain she has, basically. Yeah. Which again raises the is that really is that still her mother? Is she the same person? <laughs> and they don't touch on that, except at the end, it's like, oh, mom, I'm back, you know. It's like, well, all oh, she that's... really says is you don't have to go to the grave anymore. You don't have to yeah, go to your daughter's the, grave anymore. The, imp- the implication, I think, is that the mother realizes or knows that it's her for some reason. She goes, oh, yes, my daughter looked like Scarlett Johansson. Although, <laughs> you know, I'm sure, I'm sure every mother thinks that. <laughs> she actually, li- so what happens is she's given an address. She's given, it's go to this address and you'll find out about your past. Cool. So she goes there. She sees a cat, best actor in the movie. No offense, Scarlett, but you're not given anything to do. Uh, she sees a cat who the cat likes her. She picks it up. The mom comes out and she says literally, Oh, you remind me of her. And it's like, really? How? Whatever. Um, Oh, by the way, the cat, that is once again, a thing, Clearly taken by from the Matrix or by the Matrix because again a glitch in her mind is represented by a cat. Oh yeah, yeah just yeah. as a glitch in the Matrix is represented by seeing a cat twice. Well, and here's something else that you just brought up that they could have done or touched on or whatever, if there hadn't been the glitches with her memory, which is only there because of the plot. Otherwise, yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, would that like is that any less a real person? This goes back to the whole Blade Runner question because the Blade Runner, the the uh, uh, replicants in Blade Runner were given human memories to make them more stable, but they were given real people's memories. Yeah. So when when Rachel finds out, it's like, oh, it's Tyrell's niece. That's like I didn't learn to play piano; she did. But that's just the basis. What she does with those and how she reacts after that. Does that make her still Tyrell's niece, or is she another person? Yeah. Is that less real? I don't. But they don't deal with that. They just was like, "I must find Kuze, and we must beat evil bad guy." So, and I'm going to disagree with you that uh, that Scarlett Johansson's really good in this, and it's not her fault. There's literally nothing. No, there's nothing for her to, to do. do. There's nothing no. for her to do except look good in a skin tight bodysuit. Yeah, and you know, I for those of you who like to look at that sort of thing. She she fills the suit very nicely, um, but like we, the only thing we know about that character is what the mother literally tells us in a line of dialogue mm. near the end of the film. But like none of the character, we know nothing about any of them. I remember Batu's name. I know nothing about him except until he has his eyes replaced. He's happy that he's not enhanced. I gotta say, while we're, I mean, we've been focusing on whitewashing. There's a strange sort of. That whole sequence where he gets his eyes replaced, I think I, I'd be curious to know what anybody who's had an actual prosthesis mm. feels about that because he's just like, oh yeah, I got my eyes burned out and I got new ones. Yeah. I got these cybernetic ones. It's like, really? You weren't traumatized at all by the fact that you now have had your body parts replaced with synthetic, and ve- by the way, very clearly synthetic. They look like two gun barrels, yeah. which I and assume they, is intentional. Yes, well, that's how they looked in the original anime, too. Yeah, yeah, again, it's a cool look, but he just, 
it's like the next scene. Like, yep, I got these, and I got special vision powers, and I'm not. I'm not upset by the fact that I just lost to inter- an integral part of my body and was had it replaced. It's nothing. I mean, especially when you consider most the plot they're trying to do is the major real. You know, trying to come to terms with her robotic body. Yeah. And this is where this is actually where my research started. Speaking of the robotic body, the first quote I saw about um, Johansson's casting was from Oshimamoru. Uh, he was the director of the original movie, yeah. and he was fine with Johansson's casting as the na- as the major, as the major's name is not her original, and neither is that her original body. Yeah. For that reason, he stated that quote. There is no basis for saying that an Asian actress must portray her, end quote. And that's where I was like, wait, wait, what? Where does this go? I suppose that's fair. So, Max, I'm going to point this question to you. Yeah. And this actually goes to the very core of this whole series. Do you and I have a right to point this finger? I think it's important. Uh, I think, yeah, that's an important question. I'm not sure. I don't know if we have a right to point a finger, but I think we have a right to bring it up yeah, and to be aware of it mm-hmm. and to actually look at it. Because, you know, maybe I, I went into this thinking this is whitewashing, this is cultural appropriation. Maybe this isn't. Maybe I'm seeing tigers where there are shadows. Well, I think the point is, is that what we thought was the whitewashing part turns out not to have been the whitewashing part. Yeah, maybe part. it wasn't the character. It's the fact that they, as you point out, there was there were heavy, heavy Japanese cultural elements in this movie that got erased. Yeah. So it's not the people. It's not the characters. It's the, it's the setting. It's the movie itself. Yeah. And, huh. I mean, the one thing they didn't do that they could have done and would have made this, for me, ten times worse, since there are so few people that are supposed to be Japanese in this uh, movie and or Asian descent. I don't even know. I can't, I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. At least they didn't make cutter Japanese. Cause that to me would have just made it's like, Oh, Oh yeah. We'll hire the villain. He'll be Japanese. That'll, that'll be mm. good. See, we, we included people cause that's what happens, right? Is so many times in the past, if you had somebody of Asian or uh, black or whatever descent, they played the villain or the, the funny sidekick Either the or, comic you know, relief or, yeah 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 so at least they didn't do that but this film it ignores its heritage it ignores the culture that actually caused the story to be written in the first place and it ignores its own premise <laughs> instead yeah. it gives you splody 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 yeah um, it just becomes an action movie and the sad thing is for an action movie it's kind of boring yeah, my the last action. note was dull. <laughs> no, the action isn't that interesting to watch. Even the fight sequences tend to be very brief. Yeah, uh, the the whole fight with the spider tank just doesn't engage. And admittedly, all through it, I keep thinking, spider tank, spider tank, <laughs> does whatever a spider tank does. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think they were called Tachikoma in the original. Oh anime okay. and they had they were characters like there was one tachikoma oh. that followed her around in a number of episodes because it had like it was a shell too right so all right oh, i should have done this earlier that doesn't come across in this no it's just like we need to have the spider tank or they'll be pissed make a spider tank um so just, i should have done this earlier but for those who don't know ghost 
equals human consciousness right, shell soul. equals or well except that they never use that word although it's a perfectly no, good no, synonym Julian, yeah, no, oh, no, and by the, the way the, does. the, the, the results does. for the drinking game were 12 yes wow. they use ghost shell or ghost in the shell 12 times in the film uh i was i was actually not drinking because otherwise i would have said 50 50,000 points to Griffin Puff. Griffin Puff wins. <laughs> Up your Snape. Um, but I did. I mean, so, yes. Yeah, that was another odd piece of casting. The the doctor, who is sort of the maternal <laughs> figure for it, is the French actress Juliette Benoche, who, again, is an, is a terrific actor and has one or two scenes where you get the, oh, oh, look, she's getting starting to do something. Nope, nope, we're done. Oh, let's kill her. She almost emoted there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 you don't get to perform. Um, Stop that. Stop having a personality. But yes, uh, the shell is whatever holds that consciousness, be it Flash, Robot, or other. So part of the idea, I think, is that aren't we all just ghosts in the shell? Dust in the wind, blah, blah, blah. Just rats in a cage, yeah. Dust, wind, dude. Dude. (laughs) Um, And that would have been much more... But instead, what we get is... um, a scene that again could be from the Matrix, or uh, to be fair, yeah, from the, they did it in the first Matrix film. Uh, we get this scene where suddenly we're watching two garbage men eat their lunch, and they might as well just go, "I'm a robot now." Yeah, they, that's kind of what happens, and they're going to go to kill uh, Juliet Binoche because uh, she was one of the people that was part of the team that made the major and Kuzey, yeah. and, and it would take a scientist to explain, <laughs> and. They get to the point where they can ram their garbage truck into her limo, and then luckily they jump out and have Uzis, and one of them has an invisibility cloak. Because yeah, because you need men... that collecting garbage. Well, must be a really dangerous route. So and it, I, I wrote after this. This movie does have style. It's just everybody else's. It's yeah. not even its own thing. It's and there's no substance under it. Even the and the suppose well the villain is obvious is Cutter. Yeah. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> Like you can't tell that from the first set. The first, like she's not a person; she's a weapon. Yeah. But Kuze is supposed to be the one we're focused on, and he's really uninteresting, and and, and also confusing. Yeah. He keeps at the end part of the story is, like, is come with me. We will evolve beyond them. Come with you where? <laughs> where are you going? Are you you know are you going into the internet? Are you going to become <laughs> porn? <laughs> Which is what would happen if you entered the internet. I'm sorry. You would uh, either inter- become living porn or cat gifs. <laughs> be a sentient cat gif. And see, this is something, again, that the movie Her not only tackles, but tackles well. Because yeah. we talked about this, and if you didn't hear that episode, by all means, go back and listen to it. Or watch the movie, or both. Yeah. But what happens is the AI assistant... Basically, because they move so much faster than we do, the AI assistants evolve and they're like, yeah, we're leaving. We kind of don't need you anymore. Yeah, they so, ascend. They, basically, yeah. they achieve the singularity, whatever that right. which, you know, can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. So why couldn't like that? Because we see this point where Kuze is making his own network of uh, Buddhist monks, I guess. that yeah, um, I don't know what that was supposed to be. Uh, I what do they is that where like you get jingles for for commercials or something? something. I like does it go somewhere? Does it house anything? Is it a collective intelligence? Mm. I don't know. And then when he quote unquote dies, spoiler, but honestly, you want mm. us to spoil this film. Does he die? I don't know. 
Like it, maybe he went to this place or to this network or it, he seemed to have things pretty well planned out until that point. But, you know, then again, he was played by the same actor who played Johnny Gnosis in uh, Hedwig and the Andrew Angry Inch. So, you know, how much planning can you do when you're Johnny Gnosis? Um, the only thing I can conclude is at the end, the moral is we were Japanese. Now we are white people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. But uh, we should probably... Uh, do you have any more notes you wanted to get to? Uh, like, nope. the film is just bad, or... No, no, there are one or two visual things I kind of liked. At one point, uh, the Major interfaces with one of the geisha bots and tries to look at its memory, and she's seeing, like, 3D representations of what was seen, and they're de- they're falling apart. They're disintegrating. I thought that was actually a really nice visual representation of data degrading. I, I just liked hmm. that one moment. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> Also, so there's your half a star, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's the half a star. I also remember when they're showing her you know, on the operating table, which they love to do, and they love to show you know her with the skin off or the skin on. Yeah. And I'm going, why does she have toes? You know, she we see one of her feet, and uh, one's robot and the other is human, and she had, the part of the thing is she has no detail, no body detail no. below, except above her head and her hands. Right. Which is like, all right, that makes sense. That'd be really difficult to do. Why does so? Why why does she have toes? And at another point, she's sleeping in her underwear. I don't know why. And she has skin. Her her legs are not that weird silicone. Why? Where did that come from? Does she? Can she turn on skin tone when she wants to? It's not clear. Mm. And the whole idea of her her body not looking human. Make, you know, it kind of fits. It was always a very interesting thing in the in the anime, and it tries to be interesting in this. The idea that nudity doesn't bother her because she, her body is largely desexualized. Except in this, <laughs> it's very sexualized. It's like, well, well. here's the thing. I can make an argument for toes. I can even make an argument for the breasts. I mean, we know what why the breasts were there. Um, the argument I could make is that the assimilation between the human brain and a robot body would be easier for something yeah. that it's fully, okay. you know, it, it, it remembers and it's, it's comfortable with. So at I can make that At least argument. has the out, outward shape. Yeah. Eh, I maybe. think what would be interesting is that once you got used to it, once you're in there, like what if she, what, what if the, the ghost in the shell, if you will, at this point was actually one of the scientists and they're like, cool, I have made this assimilation. I'm in this robot body. Huh? How would I change this? What would I like to be different? And you would, I would think, being a creative person and a mechanically apt person, you might then just start redesigning stuff because yeah. you could. And if you had the resources, why would you have just one body? Well, today it's raining, so I'm going to go out in the body that's covered in silicone so I don't get wet. Yeah. Today I'm going to be parachuting, so I'm going to go for the light frame body. Or why sure. would you do that? And would you be less human at, at the point that the technology had got to that level? Because that I think that that's part of the thing you don't even touch on here is that as they those things change, people accept it more and more of the people accept it more and more. And who's to say that at some point that's just how people are? They spend mm-hmm. their whole lives this way because, hey, who wants to break an arm or get a disease or put an eye out with a jart or something? <laughs> you know, this way you it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. Um, and then w- maybe we even start after that. We don't even bother making the baby brain anymore. We just manufacture. Who knows? Yeah. But that would be that would be interesting. That's why it's not in this film. 
Anything else? Nope, nope. I think, uh, I think we can wrap it up. All right, so we're going to wrap yeah. it up. The Roundup. So, Matt. So, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Every play. Every time. Max Mike Volleyball. All right. Yeah, yep. Um, so this, because of the research I was able to find, this did not end up at all the way I was thinking. How do you feel about the stuff that I came up with, that it was all about culture and not so, to the Japanese anyway, not so much about who plays who? Well, it's kind of embarrassing. I feel like I re- completely missed the point. I mean, it, it's, it's really interesting, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to think about this. Mm-hmm. But I think that makes a lot more sense. I mean, I hadn't even thought about the idea of, yeah, you know, why would an anime character, the anime characters don't necessarily look Japanese. Why why am I upset that the live action character doesn't look Japanese? But it does make sense that it erased the the themes of the movie, not just the uh, the setting and the the style, but it, it took away some of the essence of it. Maybe that's why this feels so much more hollow than the anime does. Yeah, it has nothing to base itself on. Yeah. Uh, I I did not get the answers I was expecting. Yeah. Like last week's was obvious. It's like, okay, <sighs> Sir Alec wants to be Japanese for 30 seconds, but he refuses to listen to anybody who is yeah. Japanese. Tell him how to do it. Okay. And we're going to have this nice Catholic woman pretend she's Jewish. Not do a horrible job, but she's not. So mm. she doesn't have any of the gravitas. In this film, it's like, oh, Scarlett Johansson, she's not Japanese. And, oh, the average Japanese person on the street doesn't care. It's it's also interesting because, you know, majority of one was 1961. Right. Just that sort of, people were just starting to talk about uh, things like this. And this was done four years ago. Yeah. So... It's cultural appropriation than it, more than it is whitewashing. Yeah. And I think here's the weird thing. This particular story is troublesome only because the point of the story is supposed to be that the outward shell doesn't matter. So in a way, we did kind of get angry at the wrong thing. Yeah. I don't disagree with anybody pointing something out if it leads to conversation. That to me is the important yeah. part. So where it does make, I'm sure both of us at some point were like, should we be doing this series? I feel, yeah. kind of un- yeah. I feel all uncomfortable. It needs to be talked about. It doesn't matter who talks about it. The woman that I, that I quoted earlier, um, and I got to look her name, Monique Jones. Mm. She's not Japanese. She's not Asian. She's black. But does it matter that she's black? No. She brought up an interesting point. And she actually, there's a bunch of other stuff in her article. She obviously has studied Japanese culture and is very interested in it. Um, so Oof. it doesn't matter. And in this case, it really does lose something by having its Japanese cultural core removed from it. Um, I think it's, I don't understand that. Well, you know, maybe I do. Mm-hmm. Would I care if I went and saw a Japanese production of Othello? Hmm. I probably wouldn't. Oh. And I think that the big yeah. difference is here. Thankfully, Scarlett Johansson didn't have her eyes taped back, didn't switch her R's and her L's, and didn't shuffle around, you know. She wasn't trying to pretend to be Japanese. No. Yeah. And the movie... The movie was trying to pretend to be good, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I think the greater offense of this movie is it's not a good movie. Yeah. Um, And sadly, the way it's filmed... 
if it had been Japanese actors in every role, it wouldn't have made it any better, which is weird. Um, now, other anime, like if you had done films like Akira, which is specifically tied to Tokyo and Japanese people and made it all white people, that might be a big difference. But this one, because of its theme, it turns out to be just for me, it was actually a lot more interesting to approach this film than I thought yeah. it was going to be. Mm. So, so there you go. But yeah. we have some business that I need to take care of before business. we finish up and find out mm. what travesty we'll be watching next <laughs> week. So uh, we have that poll question, which if you've already forgotten what it is, we were talking about uh, twist movies. So have you seen a movie that has a big twist, but you totally saw it coming? Or... Have you seen a movie that had a big twist and you were blindsided and it worked great? Either one of those, let us know. And the ways you can let us know are varied and wonderful. Mm. Well, they're varied. Yeah. You can yeah. email us at us at maxmikemovies.com. Be the first. That's, <laughs> that, that's a hint. Well. Because nobody else has given us answers to this poll questions to the email address. I think we did have one person email us once. 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 And of course, we did get email from that my, nice man trying to get us to watch Rogue Warfare 3. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long. Yep. Uh, so there's that. You could also find all of our episodes at our website, which is maxmikemovies.com. And hey, even if you're just looking for some movie suggestions, great place to scroll through because there's 148 choices there that we give you. Yep. Some of them good, some of them bad. Um, showgirls, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> You could find us on the social media of your choice, as long as that social media is either Facebook or Twitter. You can find us on the podcast app of your choice, which at this point, I don't even know the list, but yeah. you, you know how that works. You know how yep. that works. Uh, but yeah, so answer our poll question. Uh, this week, it was a surprise. We got triple Bumpy Bucks. So next week, mm. ooh, and you know that new Bumpy Hut catalog might be coming <laughs> soon. With could all the be. Bumpy Hut wonders. In it. But Max. Yes. We're continuing this series of whitewashing. Uh, what... Um, what film have you pulled out of somewhere for us to watch? Well, this one I think is a little less complicated than uh, the one we just saw. Also, probably this is not one a lot of people have seen, because seeing this movie is a bit of a challenge. Is it? Be this is a, a movie called The Conqueror. It is about the, the great Mongol warlord, conqueror of Asia, Genghis Khan. And it is played, of course, by when you think Genghis Khan, you think John Wayne. I'm sorry, what did you just say? John Wayne. You famed mean True Grit? Mongolian actor, John <laughs> Wayne. And no, this is not John like J-I-A-N. This is John this is the Duke playing Genghis Khan. Rooster Cogburn and yep. he conquers all of Asia. Yes, he does. And this movie, by the way, we will discuss next week, is notorious for other reasons as well. But yeah, we're going to talk about John Wayne as Genghis Khan in The Conqueror. So tune in next week to see if John Wayne can conquer your heart in this <laughs> Chinese or not Chinese epic. Yeah. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. Thank you.